Hello and welcome to Influencer Marketing Talks brought to you by Cure Media, the leading influencer marketing company for fashion brands. Now this is your weekly podcast to learn more about consumer marketing in the digital age and all things fashion and influence marketing in right around 15 minutes. So I'm Holly Moran and I'm the marketing manager for the UK here at Cure Media and with me in the studio today I am so excited to have Anna Cascarina and Anna is a former fashion stylist turned amazing fashion influencer whose content I have been a fan of for a long time and we are going to talk about a really important subject today. Now we all know that diversity and inclusion are big buzzwords within fashion, but they're also more than that. They are becoming key drivers in the purchasing decisions of contemporary shoppers. In fact, research uh, shows, I was just reading um, over the weekend, research shows that 64% of consumers will immediately consider shopping with brands that incorporate diversity into their ads. And I think it's not a dissimilar amount that will now actively boycott brands who don't show a diverse representation in their marketing materials. And despite that, it definitely doesn't feel to me like we are quite at the finish line yet. There's still quite a way to go. And I know this frustration specifically around age inclusion, or particularly around age inclusion, is something that you're quite open about confronting head on. But before we dive in, I would love to hear in your own words how you would describe your account and your content. Hi, it's so lovely to be here. Um, So yes, I am a fashion editor and stylist and I've worked in the fashion industry as a working stylist and fashion editor for over 25 years, so I am showing my age here. Um, (laughs) But my Instagram account is kind of like an Insta zine, if you like, because I want to bring my background into my Instagram. So there's a bit of editorial style um, imagery um, as well as kind of shopping pages. So I sort of include carousel style shopping pages as well to kind of help people kind of just get get around new trends and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I started on Instagram really because I felt there was a lack of representation for the over 40s. Now I'm 48 now so I'm um, sort of approaching the end of my 40s but I just felt like there wasn't enough people on there um, that were still really interested in fashion still had a really good gauge of what their style is um, and I just wanted to kind of be that person um, because I couldn't see them reflected back on me so that was kind of kind of where my Instagram started so I thought as well as being a fashion editor I wanted to be that representation of, of someone someone that is still really relevant and loves fashion, still shops in all the same places as a younger um, person would. And I wanted to show that. So we're not we're not past it when we get to 40. <laughs> <laughs> and it's strange, isn't it? Because, you know, something that we always talk about in kind of the power of influence marketing, something that I love social media for, is following accounts, following individuals that I feel reflect my life and which resonate with my life. So it does feel like a strange gap to have missed for fashion brands. Um, but we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that in a second. I, I would first love to know if this background that you have, this kind of wealth of experience and knowledge as a fashion stylist, as an editor, whether that informs the kind of content that you're creating and sharing nowadays. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so I've produced and styled photo shoots and fashion mm. shoots and um, editorially um, all my life, well, not all my life, but <laughs> all my career. And yeah. um, and I definitely, I definitely didn't want to lose that when I went into. So I started when I. When I um, had children, I started my own magazine um, and I started mm. a kids' magazine. So I kind of had that creativity and did more children's styling, which was amazing. But I wanted to get back to fashion, like women's fashion, because that's where I—that's kind of where my um, where, where my expertise was and what I mm. really loved. But when I started my Instagram, um, there was a lot of influencers. Obviously, there's a lot, and I didn't kind of start with with that. I didn't want to be an influencer. That wasn't kind of my my goal. It was more to sort of help people and, and sort of be more of a more of a kind of aspirational um, go to place where you could find that more editorial style content. Yeah. But I do intersperse it with a bit of sort of street style and that kind of thing. So I know that that kind of really resonates with people. But um, I kind of accidentally f- fell into the whole influencer world because <laughs> um, really I. Really, I'm probably not very comfortable in front of the camera. I'm more comfortable behind it. So definitely wanted to be. And I want, And also, in the beginning, I included sort of guest posts from people, you know, like, like designers, like people mm. know that knew more, obviously more than me, so that, so that actually people could learn from my um, Instagram rather than it just being all about me, <laughs> which nobody wants to know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we do. <laughs> Maybe that's why I follow you. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I, I follow you because I love that kind of educational um, element. I would say fashion does not come super naturally to me. So I rely on accounts like yours to tell me how to make the f- latest trends relevant to me and not just walking into a shop, derobing a mannequin and then leaving. <laughs> yeah, um, quite important as well to sort of show different ways as well like everyone's different and I think it's not we're not all just identical dolls that want to just kind of look the same as everybody else I think I think that's probably one of the problems with social media and and influencers in a way is that Mm -hmm. kind of it's kind of just kind of everyone looking the same a lot of it is everyone looking the same that creativity seems to go with the whole algorithm I think as well because you're shown things that are that are the same as what you're liking so you you never kind of see that that difference in perspective so I think sometimes I really want to try and kind of break up a bit and show different different styles different trends that aren't just reflective of me but of other people as well because not everybody likes monochrome for example some Mm. people like to bright colors some people like to wear print some people like to be really eclectic and then others like to be really androgynous so it's kind of I try and reflect that a, a bit more in my blog as well rather than just sticking to what I kind of love which is which at the moment is quite kind of simple and monochrome yeah. and kind of just just very um androgynous in its style I think that's kind of what I am at the moment but I am a bit of a chameleon I like to change yeah. And add in a bit of colour every so often and print. But yeah, I do definitely want my Instagram to be a bit more reflective of everybody rather than just because I think that is one of the real problems that I find with 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 Instagram in particular because you are just showing the same old thing again and again. So that creative creativity that it was known for in the beginning is lost. Mm. Yeah, and you know that kind of leads into the fact that the algorithms are prioritizing certain types of accounts um the marketing industry 
I would say exacerbates that and and we you know that's why we're here today we don't see the diversity and the representation that we do see in the real world in the media and in the marketing channels that we're kind of active on yeah so like we said you're you're quite vocal about the lack of age inclusion specifically you have experience in the industry what do you think is holding fashion brands back from including a wider range I I mean, firstly, I find it astonishing that brands don't tap into the old market. I mean, we have, I mean, for me personally, and for a lot of my friends of my age, we have more disposable income now, we're kind of more ahead in our careers, our children are kind of starting to maybe leave home. So we've kind of got that more time. And we still love fashion, we've got, we're kind of secure in our own style, which we which a lot of our younger sort of counterparts don't really don't really have. Mm -hmm. So we want to spend our money. So to me, it's just just madness. But I think what it is, and I do kind of understand in a way, I think think brands are scared that Mm -hmm. if they include an older clientele in their marketing, they'll be putting the younger market off. And I think think it's the age-old thing that we have been – it's been shoved down our throats since the beginning of time that ageing is – is an illness it's a disease it's a it's <laughs> to be avoided at all costs <laughs> you know the the beauty industry is worth billions of pounds um mm. of and because they sell anti-wrinkle cream reverse the signs of aging you know like everything and it's all it's all targeted at women because it's kind of just it's a money mar- money making machine mm-hmm. and and i think that that's kind of for the younger market, it's kind of scared. They're scared of getting old. <laughs> and I think brands are scared to include that kind of, they're scared of kind of their brand being put into a bracket, I think, of of um, of being an older brand, which then isn't desirable because being older isn't desirable. And I think that's kind of, that's where it all comes from. And that's what, and I think, but I think the problem is if, when you look, when you go into a store, into a store like like a high street store, for example, like Coz or Arquette, which are, which are, I always focus on them because they're two of my favourite stores, but they don't represent an older mm-hmm. market. But when you go into there, you you see a whole range of women, mm-hmm. um, people in their twenties, people in their sixties. It doesn't put off a twenty year old going in there, but you yeah. don't see anything reflected in their marketing, and it's just I just find it it really frustrating and that's all I want I just want to be able to go onto a brand social media and see every loads of different ages loads of different sizes loads of different ethnicities and everybody just being represented it's not just it's not a one-size-fits-all it's you know if as long as it's authentic and as long as as long as someone fits that aesthetic then what what does it matter if they've got gray hair yeah and it's it's about making people feel relevant um, yeah. at the end of the day you know if you're not seen in these spaces then you feel like you don't belong there so yeah. you have to create that relevance you have to create that belonging by including people in your marketing exactly. and I you know I, I read that 50 percent of women over 40 um, don't feel included in fashion marketing which mm. is quite shocking you know as mm. you say this is a really lucrative channel so even if you're not going to do it for the kind of the ethical um compulsion do it for do it for the financial one do it for the commercial opportunity that this markets present so with that in mind I mean what 
what is your advice? And it's not just, my question is not just generally how brands can tap into this audience, but something that you landed on actually that I think is really important is how can brands tap into it authentically? Yeah, I think I think it's all about just aligning themselves mm. with 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 people that that really do shop in their brand, shop in their stores, or shop the products. You know, it's mm. like if if something is aligned and and works and really works with with the women with the, you know matches the woman and the brand, then I think it's it's just always going to be authentic. And 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 I I, I don't. I don't think there should be a difference between gener- Generation Z and 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 an older clientele. It should, we should just all be all be included. And many of my friends shop Instagram, so you know, lots of women are on Instagram. Lots of, of my age, so it's it's just a case of kind of of being authentic and just making sure that those brands are are working with with people that actually it's it's more it's truthful. And I think that's yeah. that's important thing yeah something that you just said actually was so interesting about the fact that you know your friends are shopping instagram they're they're Mm -hmm. doing all the things gen z do and yet a lot of i think there's a, a there's this kind of misnomer in the mindset of fashion marketing that you have to craft marketing for gen z or you have to craft marketing for the over 40 audience but something like 30 percent of tiktok users are over 40 nowadays um so do you think that that actually brands need a reset in how they're thinking of these different generational markets in silos almost yeah I mean I definitely think there are different markets of course I mean there's some there's some different there's some you know people in their 40s 50s and beyond that that aren't that you just don't use social media at all and and you know, and do shop in certain brands, and do need what do need that specific marketing. Mm. But I just think, uh, I think, as you say, a lot of they're missing a trick because a lot of these women, you know, a huge percentage, are are using social media, and it's not going away. Social media is never going away, and it's just, mm. just more and more people are joining, more and more people are using it. And I think because because they're not represented in store on advertising, then they are going to social media more because they are then finding people like me or people of their age that they, they, they can feel like they relate to and, and can be sold to, if you like. So I just think this, it should just be kind of like a, an all-encompassing, it should just be women selling to women of a certain style or whatever rather than an age issue. I just think age shouldn't really come into it. Yeah, um, and we, you know, we spoke briefly earlier about the fact that specifically in influence marketing, um, one of the real strengths is that logging onto account and seeing people that you feel reflect you, that um, are similar to you. You know, like you mentioned, there's this aspirational element with social media. But I think aspirational has kind of changed definition, particularly in the last two years, because in the sense that it used to be you wanted to log on or a lot of people wanted to log on and see people on their private jets, popping off to their private islands. Mm-hmm. And I think we're almost in a phase of more realistic aspirations in that people don't want to see that anymore. That's not our lives. It's just sad to watch other people live in this Hollywood lifestyle. But instead, they want to see people like them kind of living their best life, uh, for want of a better phrase. So where, to me, I, I see influencers playing a really crucial role 
in driving this change. But I wonder where do you influencers fit in in helping drive this change forward? I think I think like I like I mentioned, I think it just has to be authentic. I think it's, it's got to be authentic. I think brands need to focus on who they're who the influencer they work with. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're working with influencers, for example, they need to work work on who their followers are. So it's not just about the amount of followers they have anymore. It's all about kind of authenticity and and engagement and. And if those followers that that influencer has are actually going to be buying from that brand, you know, it's like it's all very well, it's all very well kind of focusing on the numbers. But if that, if most of those numbers are, I don't know, people that don't, that don't have the budget and don't have no inclination of of shopping in their store, it's just it, it's just wasted. So I think I think smaller influencers with an engaged following that are truly reflective of a brand's values and that who already shop there with the brand are much more likely to resonate with their followers and then in turn create a sale so I think it just needs to be kind of again it all comes down to authenticity mm-hmm. I do think some brands are quite lazy in that in that you know they just don't really sort of research kind of who who is shopping in 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 their yeah stores who has the money you know where they're shopping you know who's I feel like they're just not not kind of there yet Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, I think a lot of I don't know if I'm right in this, but I feel like a lot of a lot of um, people on social media sort of um, marketing agencies are kind of quite young, so they so they're not like looking to to older markets so much. Mm-hmm. I don't know that might be a, a bit of a generalization, but um, I just don't think it works for them if they don't really research their 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 market, and if and if that's whoever that is whatever their age surely it it makes sense financial sense to kind of really do do the work and then work with those people that actually align with their brand whatever their age yeah I mean absolutely that's um one of the big step cornerstones for us in the way we work at Cure Media is um data-driven influence marketing and yeah a massive part of that is yeah digging down into an influencer's audience because you can get the influencer with 10 million followers and then you look at it and it's like well that's that's none of our shoppers that is no one who's buying our goods um and I do think we often talk and by we I mean kind of generally in the marketing sector but I think we often talk about this fear of increasing skepticism among younger consumers that Gen Z are hyper cynical about marketing and they don't trust it. And that's, I, that's absolutely true uh, in my opinion. But I think that sometimes means that people can be sloppier when they're not talking about Gen Z in a kind of like, Oh, well it's not Gen Z. So anything will fly with older consumers. Mm-hmm. But based on what you're saying, it seems like, that skepticism and that need for authenticity is as valid across the consumer age brackets as it would be in the younger audiences. Oh, hundred mm. percent. I think, and I think it maybe uh, maybe a few years ago we could have just been sold anything on, on <laughs> social media, but I definitely think now. I think yeah, that that word is a bit of a buzzword, isn't it? Authenticity is so yeah. important because 
people can see through you people mm. you know and I think I think because you put your lives on social media as a as you know so for, for me I'm on, on Instagram all the time always talking on stories people know me so they know if I'm if I'm lying about a, a product they know what I use they know that you know if I've been using something for a few months and I gen- genuinely love it and I think that's where partnerships can really work in on a long-term basis because you know if you've if you've used a product for months and you're you constantly you're continuing to use it then of course that's gonna that's gonna resonate with your followers and they're gonna believe you so you know I've worked, I've had so many um emails through the door saying you know I'd love to work with you we would think we feel like you, you really resonate with my brand and and I don't feel that so that's yeah. something that I would never just you know I think there probably are a lot of people that would just take the money but I would never lie to my followers because my integrity is too important and also that my followers are too important you know I'm not it's it's so so that authenticity that alignment with the brand is it's just so powerful because people know us people know us they know they they're not stupid they know if you're lying they know if you're just trying to make a quick buck and it's 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 so important to to kind of make sure that that authenticity again that word is is shines through because and for a brand that's the most powerful thing I think as a definitely and I think something you mentioned there that um we often coach brands that we're consulting with or we're working with is um not necessarily the danger but we at the way we work we don't really prioritize one shot ads you know where someone just does a post that's it call it a day because I think you know like you say am I going to be more persuaded by you suddenly holding up a hair product and going this is my new favorite hair product and then I never see it again Mm -hmm. or am I going to be more persuaded if week after week I keep seeing you using this hair product and referencing this hair product um so we really coach for always on long-term collaboration with um with influencers because yeah I think consumers are getting much more savvy across the board yeah yeah definitely and I think it can be difficult for for an influencer say say a beauty influencer that mm-hmm. does work different products all the time and just try out different products all the time but I just think as long as that's that's coming across as a kind of a I've tried this I love it you know kind of rather yeah. than you know rather than this is the best product in the world because yeah. you know it's and you know we, we we love lots of different things especially in fashion I love loads of different brands mm. it's you know I have lots of different pairs of black trousers all from different brands yeah. <laughs> all from different brands they all they all appeal to me in a different way but I think yeah it's just that that kind of this works for me why it works for me you know and I try and talk about different body shapes as well because I know that that's yeah. an issue for people as well you know it's it's all very well seeing something that looks great on a model but actually how does it look like on on your average size 14 16 you know 48 year old <laughs> so it's <laughs> That kind of thing is really important as well. But I just, yeah, those those long-term partnerships where, you know, you, I, I show, a, I don't know, a pair of jeans that I love and then I constant, I continue to wear them because there's also that kind of, that's that thing about always wearing new. And I think with a lot of influencers, yeah. it's like, oh, I can't wear that. I wore that last week. But actually, in a, in a sustainable, ethical society that we should be living in, we need to make sure that we are showing that, these things that we're buying are they have longevity that it's good for the environment because we're rewearing and so it's it's kind of showing that as well and and that 
is only good for a brand if somebody is really really loves their brand and just continues to wear it again and again surely that's going to be a selling point for somebody who's looking for a new pair of jeans or a new blazer or whatever this is the one to go for 100% I could not agree more (laughs) so I you know we know there are lots of brands who unfortunately aren't getting it quite right at the moment um Let's give a moment of recognition to the ones that are. Are there any brands that to you, you just see and you're like, yes, finally, a brand gets it? Yeah, well, I think it's actually a lot of the little independents, actually, that get it. Um, And I don't know whether that's because they are, they just, they're they're more, I don't know, I suppose they're kind of more in tune with sort of individuals rather than it being a massive company. I don't know. But um, mm. I think there's a lot of like smaller brands. But uh, unfortunately, I think it's a lot of the higher end <laughs> brands that are kind of getting it right. So I, I really love um, Farfetch and Etta-Porter. I think that they, mm. there's, there's quite a lot of um, diversity in who they work with, um, with their um, – and then, yeah, some of the little ones, some of the little um, beauty brands um, like Aborian, um, they're really good. And Loxitan, they work yeah. with a lot of – a big range of age age range, beauty pie. Um, and then, yeah, like, your high street stores like Marks and Spencers, yeah, it's probably known for a, for a, for an older market, but actually they're really good at working with younger um, mm-hmm. influences as well. So you've got that range and it's making it more appealable to the younger market as well as the older. So it's kind of, I think they're kind of getting it right on sort of going the opposite way. But I would I would really love to see brands like Cos and Arquette really, mm-hmm. like I said before, you know, that when, when, when most of my followers shop in those sort of stores yeah. and – I want to see their social media reflective of when you go into their store. You know, it's yeah. like you see so many different age ranges. Just just reflect it back on social media because what is the what harm could it do? Absolutely. And you know, we're we're buying your stuff. We're keeping you afloat. <laughs> Put us in a post once in a while. <laughs> and actually, a lot of people. I do get a lot of people uh, message me saying, "I want. I really want to boycott these brands because I just don't think that they're." Mm selling to me but it's 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 a really tricky one because you know we love we love the we we love the brand but you yeah. know just 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 in just include all of us that's all we want perfect and that I think is probably all we have time for today um but it has been amazing speaking to you Anna uh do look out for Anna on Instagram it's at Anna Cascarina um I'm so excited to see what content you come out with next. I know that you're working on a course at the moment. You're you're hosting for your yes. followers. Do you, do yes, you I've written about that. Yeah, yeah. I've just I've written a course. It's available mm. now. It's um, styling for Instagram. It's all about. It's for individuals or brands that want to just up level their Instagram a little bit more. That that need maybe need a bit of help with with content, with their, mm. their grid style, with finding their style. So it's an eight module course, and you can do it sort of in your own time. And um, yeah, it's available now. So that you can find that on my website. Check it out. Go and take a look. Thank you so much, Anna. It's been lovely talking to you. Thank you for having me. So yes, that is unfortunately all we have time for today, but the content doesn't end here. If you want to continue keeping up to date with our weekly podcast episodes, with everything that is happening on the consumer marketing scene, and of course, all things social media and influencer marketing, then do make sure you follow us on our platforms at Cure Media. 